I realized, dude, you always get like the first noise, and it's kind of it was. I realized it at, at like the trend after a while. You were trying to because you're the one that like hits the record button. Therefore, so you I have the power, man. <laughs> I have the awareness. It's always some like noise that you're making. I'm like, oh shit. You're like, wow, here we go, here we go, buckle up, we're ready, we roll. Alrighty, everybody, we are back, motherfuckers, back, 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 back. We are here to, as usual, get a little prolific. When was our last one? Like a week. Uh, I believe it was the eighth or the twelfth, maybe. So it's been a little over a week. It's been a minute. It's been few minutes actually i don't know exactly know how many minutes are in a week but it doesn't seem like it'd be impossible to figure out nope. just would take too much effort on my end we're american we don't do math yeah so without further ado let's get a little prolific all right so normally we would start off with a uh, hip-hop history but i in my haste to put together i'm guessing at some point along the road an album came out um Somebody was born. Someone's born. Someone might have died. Someone might have died. Yeah. Look it up if you're really that interested. Yeah. Today's the 21st. I think we just buried that segment. I think we did too. We just buried it. It had, it had a it had a run of one. one. <laughs> it had a run of one. Wow. So, yeah. That ends my career as a journalist. Hey, I guess. Yeah, no, you know what? It's ideas, man. They come and they go. Yeah. Some of them stick. Some of them you just got to learn when to ditch and come up with enough next Yeah. One. Maybe it'll make sporadic appearances here or there when something really significant happens. Because let's be honest, dude, nobody gives a fuck about salt and pepper. Silent pe- it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. That threw me off. It's kind of true, though. Caught you off guard there, did I? But, I mean, yeah. All right. Spo- so. Spoiler alert. Like, none of, like 100% of our ideas are not going to be awesome. They're going to be lacking consistency. Yeah. Some all across the board. Right. So, uh, what do you got here? What is this? So, this is a Alamos. I don't know. We're drinking, so we're drinking Malbec right we're drinking now. Drinking some Malbec, like a couple of classy white ladies. Classy Caucasian women. Oh, man. There's a bunch of, like, film on top of this. This is about to be, like, sticky and hairy and awesome. Let's have a taste. Let's have a minute for tasting. Mainly because, I mean, these glasses are just, I mean, I probably should have put them in the water a little bit. Oh, God. Ew. It's a disgusting noise, but I mean, it's kind of necessary when you're tasting wine, I guess. That's not bad. It's very, uh, it's very smooth and mellow. Yeah. I don't know a lot about the terminology they use when they, uh, taste wines, but I would say that that's full bodied. I was going to say robust. Robust is a good term, too, but I'm definitely thinking it's got a full body. You know, I wish I was good enough to, uh, discern, like, the different flavors in wine. Well, uh, okay, I've mentioned this before. There's another Gladwell chapter, and he, and he, you know, he always talks about like one basic thing to talk about a macro thing. The macro thing is how like you know experts really can't see the forest through the trees sometimes. Yeah. And his 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 micro example was um like food tasters and wine tasters, and they broke like crunchiness into like four different subsets taste into like six different subsets and then those subsets had different like qualities and stuff and at the at the point like you're like it's just food yeah like, it's just a flavor at like, some point like you're over analyzing it to the point where you're giving it like you know 936 out of 1000 you know and it was yeah. really like that's just an a like you don't it doesn't matter it doesn't really matter you just kind of need pass or fail with most like good food right 
That's super interesting. His books, I like his uh, I like his ideas a lot. His yeah. books, I'm gonna sound like an idiot here, but his books get a little complicated sometimes. I uh, I definitely did. Um, we had an Amer- in my American philosophy class, and we had to pick an American philosopher or like a novelist that yeah. like wrote nonfiction, kind of mm-hmm. like things like that. And uh, I was I was like, can I do Gladwell? So that was my excuse to. I read, think I like, remember him being in his class. Books. Was that Bally's class? No, that no. was that was a dude. He, he he had a little more deer in the headlights, Clarko. Ben Clarko. He tried. He like it was still one of those guys that's like, oh, maybe I can actually change some hearts and minds, you know. But wow, really? Not, but not like, but I don't remember this at all. Yeah, no, you weren't in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, you were not. I in feel like class. I remember you giving a report on Gladwell, though. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. We always talked about stuff over our weed sessions. Yeah, that's true. I like when Gladwell got brought up, though. Because he's like I said, well, very interesting stuff. And yeah, any any micro example always like sticks in your mind. And anytime you start talking yeah. about it, people, are like, oh, that's good. Mom gave me a few Malcolm Gladwell books for Christmas last year, but God forbid if I have the time to sit down and read that shit and really get the most out of it. So, uh, what that uh, that Brazilian or like Colombian soccer team that died? Oh, the plane like, crash? Yeah, because like sixty five of them fucking like were on that plane. Uh huh. Or like thirty five. I don't know. However many people are on yeah. this club soccer team. Oh, geez, I don't Six, know. 65 people died, but like all but three of the team was on that, yeah. on that plane. So, um, but they, they, he, he went by and ranked, um, countries based on most independent and most like free thinking in the terms of where you can question your superiors right. rather than the super, uh, formal ones where like you really have to like be super subtle and passive aggressive. If you want to get your point across, like you can't just tap your boss on the shoulder and be like, Hey, that's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he broke all these down. And it wasn't just like regions, because some South American countries are like super, you know, hey, everyone can speak their mind. And other ones are very proper and stuff. And he like ranked all these things and also ranked uh, airplane crashes and saw that they were highly related because you're putting all the decision making on just the captain in those super formal settings. So if the captain like fucks up once, then no one's there to, you know, be the checks and balances afterwards. And then by then, you know, you, you have about a 30 second time limit before you were like, Oh, we got to scramble to, Oh, I'm in the side of the mountain, you know? Uh-huh. And that's all it takes. And he like, it was creepy because like he had like transcript from like the black box mm-hmm. and it was like, and it would just say in parentheses three minutes before impact. And it was just them talking super calmly, yeah. you know, like, um, sir, are you sure? Like, you know, are you sure? He uh, wouldn't even ask, are you sure? It was like, confirm on the blah, 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 blah. And Captain was just like, yeah. Uh, sure. And then he talked about all like the, uh, the flying while drunk. What book was this in? It was, um, what, what did I read? I read blank. I read outliers. And I think it was the third one, not David and Goliath. Tipping point. Yeah. No, it might've been outliers. I think it was outliers. Yeah. Actually. I only read blank. Yeah, Blink was cool. Outliers was cool. I might have read Tipping Point. I can't remember. Blink was a really good book. I remember there were some really cool like stories that he used to get his points across. That uh, God knows how we got from uh, Alan's uh, wine to Malcolm Gladwell. I guess the sommelier thing really took it to another level there. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm like trying um, to look at like the bottle. Like, mm, yeah, I don't know how. That yeah, happened. so uh, let's get into some takes, man. All right, you got so. anything? Anything going on? Oh, Any, anything? Here's your chance to get on the soapbox and let the world know. I had a, I had a take. Let's see, let's see, let's see. What was I fucking? He wrote it down, about? ladies and germs. He's learning. Oh, gotcha. All right. So, 
I don't know if I should say this before or after my thing. I think it's funnier to say before. This is all just a giant rationalization for my alcoholism. This is a disclaimer? Yeah. <laughs> As he takes a sip. The whole drinking after, like, no drinking till five thing, you know what I mean? Like, five o'clock somewhere, everyone can start drinking. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that only applies because people wake up at 7 a.m. And, and are just stuck like, at work until five? But it's just like, no, I'm just saying the arbitrary time yeah. of the day rather than amount of hours being spent awake in a certain day. So, basically, what I'm arguing is that if I wake up at 4.30, <laughs> I should be allowed to start drinking at 2.30. Based on like an eight-hour principle of some sort. Ten-hour principle, yeah. Ten-hour principle. So, but basically what I'm saying is, hey, don't give me shit for popping open. I've been up since (laughs) 4.30. because god damn it, I wasn't awake for... Early bird gets the worm, bitches. Three hours earlier than you. Why do I have to wait fucking 11 and a half hours because my ass got up? That's kind of funny. Before the sun came up. I think in my head it makes sense because I'm working a job now where it's like 9 to 5. And it's like, oh, 5 o'clock is the getting off time. That's so what I mean. Like, like you assume that people like wake up at 7, get to work at 9. Yeah. And then if they're in like a city or something, they just boom, right to the bar by 5.15. And you're we're there. Boom, boom. We're just in time for Monday Night Football. There you go. So uh, I can't wait that long a lot of times because I'm home by 2.30. Okay. I'm done with my day by 2.30. I'm just like... I should be allowed to get drunk right now. I'm going to be asleep by 8. So what you, I guess your take is that they should change the saying from it's 5 o'clock somewhere to it's been 10 hours somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. That's a take one to no one for sure. <laughs> like nobody is. Again, gross rationalization yeah. for me wanting to drink earlier. Nobody's today. coming to your aid on this one. <laughs> That's except, except people that I don't want on my team. Like uh-huh. winos and shit. Yeah, you kick them out. Kick them off the boat. Women and children first. This is just me. Um, mine's, mine's not so much a take as it is a, a jarring it's observation it's a, I made. It's a, it's a nebulous kind of yeah, segment. It's here. a take that'll be one to a few, I'm sure. So this weekend, uh, well, the past weekend, we went to like a, a church thing with my girlfriend's family. Oh, shit. And uh, it was cool. Like we, It was kind of cold. But uh, were you outside? Yeah, it was oh. like an outside, like uh, uh, live nativity scene, and we were gonna go drive through a neighborhood and look at Christmas lights, like the rest of her family and stuff, like her mom or her cousin or her other cousin and her goddaughter, and uh, we came back here for hot cocoa, like in between, like as part of the plan, and oh my god, I had never noticed in my life how terrorizing and destructive little kids can be. They suck, dude. They're just a handful, man. Like I'm not a fan. They're just wow. Uh, her goddaughter was she touched everything she possibly could have, like like anything and everything within reach. And I sat on the couch and I just watched her go back and forth, just amazed, totally just amazed and picking, befuddled, picking stuff up. I was just, and I thought to myself, I kept thinking, dude, was I like this? Did, did I do this? Like holy shit! Right? Like we yeah. didn't even have phones to play with, and I feel mm-hmm. like we we. We might have fiddled, but we didn't just yeah. get up and walk around. And it was such a stunning realization to think that did. I'm 28 years old, and at any point, I'm liable to have a kid within a year. Ugh. That's a total tangible thing. Like sneaks up on you quick, man. Yep, yep. And uh, it could happen in a flash. Yeah, you never know. So I, I, I guess I was just never aware of how, uh, how much of a handful they really are. <laughs> it used to seem so easy, just putting a kid down. And, 
You know what I mean? That's, like this giving is all, him something to play with. I was gonna say this is all absent like money. Like yeah, this is the whole raising part and handling part and making sure they don't die. Kind of. Did thing. you hear that upstairs? No. You didn't hear it. So I think their neighbors up here are like fucking. No, I think they have like an autistic kid or something because he just runs around all the time. We just hear boom, 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 like at night, like like two in the morning. We'll hear somebody running around and crying and running around. Yeah. It's like a little kid though. Like is it maybe like he's a sleepwalker. I used to sleepwalk. Yeah, I mean, this is a sleep fucking sleep, rampaging. Sleep, sleep stuff. Sleep fucking sleep mosh. <laughs> he just puts on Metallica oh, and fucking goes crazy. That is really funny. But uh, I almost pissed in my parents' uh, closet once. Why? Because I was sleepwalking. Oh. And then my mom directed me to the bathroom and I pissed in the toilet or in the uh, trash sleep can. Sleep defecating. You just whipped it out in your mom's closet. <laughs> yeah. Let me take a minute and catch my breath. That's pretty funny, dude. I had a problem, like, yeah. up until I was, like, six or seven. Like, Damn, dude. not being able to sleep through the night because I was up. Whipping it out. Walking around. Damn. Showing my dick to the world. That is funny. And that, that is, uh, that's what you get when you, uh, journey to the land of takes one to no one. Uh-huh. You know, you get, you get that shit. All right. Did you want to jump into, uh, Descartes here? Oh, I don't know. How much research, how much pre-reading did you do? Not enough, man. Yeah, but I no. remember, like, I'm just gonna go off like memory. Like, I, oh, okay, I got cool. the Wikipedia summary of the. Are you are you talking about mostly the meditations, right? Yes. Make. I want to talk about the whole doubt thing. The whole fact that he like. That's like all in the meditations. Just, just, yeah. just pushed everything away and started from scratch. And I thought that uh-huh. was like a cool like venture. That's the to first start meditation. Off with. Right. Yeah. So, uh, that's a jump off point. All right. Hold on. What did I want to? Re- did, oh, we were gonna relate this to something as we went. We didn't have a plan to relate this to something modern day because this is the whole point of the things we want to we want to teach people about the intro intro introductory ideas of philosophy. Because you know what's funny is I two teach. weeks ago would have bet serious money that you would not have wanted to talk about anything philosophy related. Really? But yeah, I like I would have bet like serious money. I'd be like the, probably the last thing he wants to do is talk about what we studied in school. No, I don't want to sound pretentious by talking about philosophy. But it's not studying. It's just applying this thing that has been like it's like latin basically now. yeah like it's it's like our engineering like, we didn't we didn't get taught this like until college until we had a choice yeah, to be like, like somebody just brought it out of you like sign up for it like, yeah no one ever taught you philosophy we never got to question shit before. no like, and i feel like this is, should be taught in first grade before you start doing math like, fundamental philosophy like seriously so yeah teach people how to think critically and so Descartes, oh shit! So Descartes' whole thing wasn't he like a fucking jet setter before? Like he was like in the army and shit. So he traveled like all over the world, in, like in his teenage years and early twenties and stuff. I know he was famous for more than just philosophy and math. Well, like he was really good at a bunch of shit. Well, I was gonna say math, like the whole Cartesian uh, coordinates, duels, like yeah. x and y. Mm-hmm. Whenever you see that little parentheses, the, the coordinate comma, plane, that's yep. called the Cartesian duo. Like the and yeah, that he he did that. He fucking did that. Along with all these words. On top of this, shattered the ways all these words of which we had been thinking and analyzing the life we live in. All right, so he got really uh, really introspective one day and climbed into an oven, and he wrote the meditations three days later. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's like a popular myth or if it's just like a... I don't know, but it's bas- it's, it's, it's a nice metaphor for what he did, where he basically yeah. just cut him, like, I, like ideologically cut himself off from everything and just like, I'm going to start pretending like no one's ever taught me science before no one's ever taught me physics before no one's i've never heard of aristotle i've never heard of plato i'm just gonna start 
swear I know. I would like when our teachers would get all like like intense when they'd stress us. Like, I'm going to forget everything I fucking know. Everything I've been told up to this point, I'm going to deny. And they said it was like such like a, a fear. Like, but it's hard when you're like wearing clothes and like living in a house. Like, you know? Like, totally. That's why he had to crawl into an oven to like sensory deprivation to like really get the whole. Uh, Nothingness. Spill some wine, bro. Spill a little wine on my mouse pad on top of my table. Party goddamn foul, man. It's like a couple drops, bro. We're not crying about it. Okay, your your drink is like a fifth full. How did you pull that off? I'm a wizard, bro. (laughs) I'm a wizard. Anyway. Anyway. I'm a little side distracted there. So, that's where he starts. And Kongito Ergo Sum, I think, therefore I am. Yeah, I don't know if that's the first meditation or not. Really? Yeah. Well, okay. Well, he doubts everything, right? I mean, that's that's what he goes to. Yeah, so in the first one, he basically... Rips up the roots. Yep. He destroys his foundation, and he looks for one indubitable truth. And then that, you know, eventually comes to the conclusion that he exists. Because he, he 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 wants to imagine that, like, hey, maybe there's not a god. Maybe it's just some evil motherfucker fucking with me right yeah his whole evil, well that's the second meditation then his whole evil demon thing i thought this was all before like he got to i think therefore i am because he's yeah like, no that's what i mean and i think it's the fourth like, meditation is when no the third meditation is that he exists that's how he got over the whole uh yeah. really third mm-hmm. it's not until the third that he finally gets to that conclusion i could be totally wrong here but i'm pretty sure it's not till the third god damn i thought like the first two were the only important ones because you have like five there were six Six. There were six meditations. Shit. And the first four are the only ones I ever studied because the fifth and sixth are kind of just like, in summary, I guess, or him just waxing poetically about nothing. About his pain. But as far as I, I was concerned, I thought it was in the first meditation. That's when he decides that he's going to destroy his right. belief system. Right. And then the second meditation. Do you notice the stages? Because last time we did the cave, everyone's got their whole like stages. Boom. You have to have a starting point, And that starting point is absolute zero. Zero. You know? And then you Nothing work your way is. up from there. Yeah. yeah. And it's always implied that there's a a glass ceiling, so to speak. Like, you'll never really know where the top is. Like, you'll hit a plateau. And then, you know, somebody will have a breakthrough. And we'll keep going further and further and further. But there's never really a clear end in sight. That's possible. Um, and I think the second meditation is when he determines that there are things other than him. Okay. Which is like representationalism. So that's that's what I mean. Like he's wearing clothes. He's in a house. Right. So all these things are in front of him. And the thing is, he's like, maybe they're not true. Like this is all goes into his doubt. Yeah. Like maybe someone's just fucking with me. I'm a brain in a vat. Like that was another thing he was talking about. Like Yeah, I'm that not, was the evil demon. Yeah, it was. It, it's kind of like the Matrix. Like mm-hmm. to this, I'm actually somewhere else and someone's just projecting this all for me. Mm-hmm. But then that's how it gets to that. I think therefore I am. Whether yeah. I'm not, I'm being fucked with. There, I am still being potentially fucked with the Whoa. whole the whole thing starts with the eye well what ends up happening is he starts to question his senses and the reliability of his senses oh, that's right. and he starts to he that's when he comes up with the evil demon theory what he is he says that you know how do i know that sweet is really sweet what if it's an evil demon telling me that this this experience that i'm having is sweet like this is what sweet is and that's when he 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 comes to the conclusion that he says like if i'm if i'm to base knowledge quote-unquote knowledge on what i'm perceiving then and and my senses can be deceived then my beliefs are unreliable and that's why he starts to look for the one indubitable truth that has to always be true and that is the foundation from which he will build upward it's kind of self-centered 
Well, I yeah, that's okay. in 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 a way, in a little, if you literally interpret it, yeah, it's a little self centered. But I mean, but he's he's looking for that's true. Yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, like, ask yourself, who do you care about most? <laughs> number one, that's that's a fundamental philosophy. And you know what? It was great is when we took like, did you ever take like an ethics class? No. So I took an ethics crazy. class with Holden, and it was really interesting because like we talked about like uh, uh utilitarianism and yeah. you know what I mean, like egoism and ethical egoism and stuff like that and like the first principle of utilitarianism is to take care of yourself like even though it's supposed to do the greatest good for the greatest amount of people you can't do that if you're dead yeah you know what i'm saying like you gotta plan on the future and all the things that you would have done mm-hmm. yeah so i was like that was like super interesting that like all, all these philosophies like no matter how altruistic they can really get or try to be and they even they even say like in biology like all animals have the primal instinct to Fight or flight, survive. Just survive, and then at the second directive, if we're going to go by the whole robot thing, prime directive: protect oneself. The other one is to repopulate. Second directive is yeah, look out for the future of Uh of your gene pool. The only way to ensure your gene pool is to re-fucking populate. And and, but the only way you can repopulate is if you're fucking alive. So it goes back to it's fucking cyclical, dude. Primary directive. It's totally fucking cyclical. Just super dope. Yeah. Um, I think that. Well, yeah, so I'm really interested now to look and see, like, what the third meditation was concerning. So let me see if I got this right. So the first meditation, he, yeah, it's basically subtitled What Can Be Called in Doubt. Um, And like we said, he comes up with the evil demon theory, and then he kind of moves on from there. If I am dreaming, then my beliefs are unreliable. Like, if if a demon is really controlling me, then my beliefs are unreliable. So to counter this, he has to... Hmm. How how are the meditations related? I think it was like a progression, right? Like a, like a stage of of belief, right? Yeah. Like it was essentially like he he Starts he arrives at a problem, and then the next nothing. meditation is solving that problem. Boom. And then yeah. Well, so what? What? Okay. Because this is where he loses me. When does he get to God? It's the third meditation. Third meditation. Yeah. So in the second so. meditation, he says we have access to only the world of our ideas. This is when he starts talking about representationalism. Like, he's saying, like, how do I know what I'm perceiving is actually out there? You know what I mean? And then I think he ties that into God if I'm not. No, because he arrives at himself right. by saying, these ideas could be false, my senses could be false, but they're right. still mine. Doesn't he use some crazy candle wax example? Probably. Well, it has something to do with, like, the candle wax. is like, like you, know, you know a candle have- is a candle. They didn't have much back then to like look. They had to like look around. I know, but the example works. Like, you know room. what I mean? I mean? He was in a fucking dungeon. Everything's dude, like. everything's a reed or like a stick or a a, a tree or a candle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought. Let's see. Oh, I see. It was hard to come up with stuff uh, back then. Yeah, he comes up with some example that says like you know a candle is a certain point, but if it melts into a puddle of wax, or you know how a candle is one thing and wax is a different thing, even though they're the same thing. He's like saying, like, how do we know that this is really this? If if I'm remembering it correctly, oh. you know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah, I Did, feel like I've heard it before, but this is why philosophy is cool because I'm like, oh, I'm intrigued all over again. Descartes turns the example of wax. He determines that wax isn't wax because of its color, texture, or shape, as all these things yes. can change and the substance can still be wax. He believes yeah. that wax is perceived by un, by the intellect alone. So the essence of wax, if we're going to use the uh, like mm-hmm. the Arist- Aristotelian, the form of wax. He makes a clear distinction here between ordinary perception and judgment. One understands the mathematical principles of the substance, such as its expansion under heat, figure, motion. The knowledge of wax can be clear and distinct. Because I guess it's like a 
a, consist- a consistent concept. No matter what form it's in, it's still wax. Yeah. I guess that was the way that I should have worded that example. So he concludes this. Uh, this is, I think, maybe where the co- Kogito comes in. This is that... Uh, he concludes that he exists. He, that Descartes somehow from this example concludes that he exists because he's a thinking thing. That's the phrase. He's a thing that thinks. And it's like, how, how do you prove that you exist? Because I am thinking. Like, and it's kind of, I don't okay. know, I guess there's still well, fundamentally the, some problems there. but Well, what they say, uh, like for animals and stuff, mm-hmm. like talking back to the prime instinct, they don't say like, I am in danger. Like, I am hungry. Yeah. They just think hunger. Yep. They think danger and because their whole lives are themselves, you know what I mean? So, yeah. So the whole first, like, it's that that's the human, that's the thinking part of, of, yeah. of our brain that recognizes us right. as ourselves because we see things that Interesting. aren't ourselves. The wax example is supposed to illustrate that what we understand as the self isn't made up of rational concepts it's a thing it's not my arms. in and of itself it's like, not my arms it's not my legs it's, not my it's kind of what goes on in supposedly your brain area like oh. you know what i mean that's yourself like your your spirit i kind of remember this because he was a dualist right like yes, he, he was a dualist cartesian dualism is not only the a mathematical cord- principle the points but it's the mind and body relationship that yeah he can't ever seem to like fully explain but he knows it's there he knows we're a mind in a body and we they're separate and they meet somehow you know how we always like hear about these guys back in the day these renaissance thinkers or whatever and they were just fucking like they did a million things at once yeah and we always think man they must have been fucking smart they must have been fucking smart but what if everyone else back then which is probably more likely was just fucking was just stupid dumb like, as hell. was just dumb as fuck like if you think about how many smart people you know like it's kind of a lot, but like not everyone you know. No, is not like everyone's super a smart, super smart person. But there's everyone more you, smart people now than there ever was. But everyone you know got like twelve plus years of education. Yeah, and that's something that did not happen for a mass population. Like <laughs> to right. get you know four years of education was the minority in you know culture for the longest time. Mm, so you, so so I feel like anyone like however often there is a smart person out of any handful of people it's more common nowadays uh, the, the the ratio is the same but we're talking educated like anyone that's educated you know mm. what i mean yeah and the pool of educated people is just so much larger now whether it's a good education or not we at least have information yeah when most people were just peasants in a home working 14 hours a day and going to sleep making food half yeah the day. that all that really kind of illustrates is how well we memorize shit what do you mean well, like, if you look at the school systems, like, aren't they kind of just like... Oh, dude, I've always thought this. Based I, on standardization and memorizing information? When I was, like, s- when I was like six or seven years old, I'm like, wait a minute. None of these tests are actually, like... Like, because I, I, I heard about the concept of, like, an IQ test, and then I mm-hmm. realized, like, that's not what we're taking in school. We're no. taking memorization tests. Of we're course. Taking, we're taking paying attention tests. Standardized tests. Yeah, dude. That's why they're fucking... You know, that's why it's kind of, like, hard to say. Like, are we really smarter or we just have more people who have the ability to sit down and memorize shit? Like, I, I, I would get A's in, like, second grade and people are like, oh, you're really smart. I'm like, yeah, no, no. I, just, I just remembered that really yeah. well. And a week later, I forgot it. You <laughs> know, it's funny is I used to be like that, too, up until, like, high school. Like, and then all of a sudden shit was challenging. And I was like, this is weird. And yeah. Like, Suddenly it's, like, doesn't 
things that have to be explained to you rather yeah. than you going, oh, okay. I can't just memorize shit on tests anymore. Yeah. Like, I have to have, like, explain my answers and stuff. Oh, like, dude, studying for something because you're like, I'm yep. actually unprepared for this. Oh, it's my like God. It's like the worst feeling. You feel so defeated. You're like, uh, I don't know any of this. <laughs> <laughs> there are actually, like, facts and things that yeah. I need to, like. Well, the answers that, aren't just two sentences anymore. That like, never stuck to my brain yeah. when it happened the first time around in class. Your teachers in college could just oh, up and make you write a fucking essay on something at, the mo- at a moment's notice. Like, but that's the thing. I mean, like we talked about last time, the the, the good part of our major was, you, you like, I mean, within reason, a teacher can never be like, oh, false. You know, they can be like, oh, poorly argued, but they can't be like, wrong. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I feel like if you're writing, you know, a chemistry, if you're doing a chemistry test, you actually can just be wrong. Yeah, I was kind of a pain in the ass though about that though in philosophy because I felt like just because I was arguing something, I was technically right. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Even though my argument could have been completely unbased and unfounded, despite the fact that I was saying like this may not be true. Like, it's another one of those ethics and logic class. I didn't take an out logic class either. Somehow I got through the through English. I, ta- I took an English class, and I didn't take a logic class, and I didn't take an... You talked about fallacies in that class. I'm sure you did, because that's what that class was. It was more fallacies in, like, media, like mm-hmm. literature and stuff, yeah. rather than, you same know, shit. argumentation. But, um, All based on the same concepts. Yeah, they were just words, dude. Um, but the whole, like, um, valid versus true versus sound, you know, mm-hmm. like those three different things that you think all mean the same thing, but it's like something could be valid... And not true. And not true. Yeah. Like, if it makes, you know, grammatical and ideological sense, but it's just false. Yeah. It's still valid. I hear water outside, therefore it must be raining. Like, that's a valid argument. Even but, if it's a sunny but it's not day true. outside. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's not fucking true. I I was really good at that, but I scored, I got very low grades in that class. Like, but even though, like, I understood those those fundamental principles really well. Well, didn't you have that, like, weird-ass fucking... His name was Gallagher, dude. He was a real Galloway. fucking... Galloway. Galloway, yeah. He was a real shit stain, dude. I remember when you tried to... We, 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 I was petitioning for that class, and you were already in it, and I was just like, God, you know what? Like, I, I need this class. Fuck this class. But I really hope, like, it's yeah. full. And it was full, and I was like, thank God. I got a D in that class, and I had to take it again. That guy seemed like he sucked. Like everyone had, everyone I talked to was like, "This guy." He wasn't blows. a good teacher. If people understood it, they, that was an easy class for them. But if like there was something that you didn't get, you were never gonna learn it because he wasn't gonna teach you. I'm trying to think, did you ever get the guy that looked like he was like kind of like skinny and like had a mustache and he was kind of wrinkled? Was he bald? What? Was he, was bald? he bald? No. I had a, like a a vultury looking teacher who taught me about. Uh, the, the rationalism and empiricism. Did maybe, you ever have that class? Maybe that was, yeah, yeah. Crippen? No, I didn't have Crippen. No? Was no. his name Crippen? I think his name was Crippen. Yeah, no, there was a Crippen. I never had Crippen or Galloway, but I had this one guy. He was chill. It, he was a lot like Holden. Well, just not as, like, assertive. This guy was, like, like, he reminded me of a lot of my, like, history teachers because he was, like, really expressive and really into it. But it's funny because taking Holden, I took him twice and I took Holden, I think, three times. And it was just, they had, like, the total opposite approach to teaching you basically the yeah. same thing. It's pretty funny. I really wish Holden could have taught me everything <laughs> from point A to point B. I feel like I would have paid attention and it would have been consistent. Oh, my God. Dude, like, doesn't he look like, like, like if we're going to play the Dan Levitard looks like game, doesn't he look like he's on, like, the seventh frame bowling for a 300? Like, he's pretty damn close. <laughs> like, he's got, like... But he looks like he's, he, he, he's the guy who's mad because he's one... He was one frame away from a 300. Dude, he's basically the guy at the beginning of the movie. Oh, yeah, in that scene with the Jesus. Just, oh, no, in the very beginning yeah, of the movie. Yeah. Huh? 
after he, after he gets a strike and he does that little that mm. dance. That's him. Drinking root beer and uh, eating black licorice. I love that he was a recovering alcoholic, not because he was a recovering alcoholic, because the way he described how he handled his vices. Like, he was like, I have black licorice and root beer. And it, because it reminds me of drinking. Like, that's the most hardcore way to battle addiction. <laughs> like, the most hardcore way to battle. Basically, just tempt you like a motherfucker. I have black, I have black licorice and root beer because it reminds me of Jägermeister. Like he, he basically created his what own nicorette. What a thug! <laughs> yeah, like what a thug! How did how do you beat addiction, Holden? I stare it straight in the fucking face, <laughs> and eat the two things that taste the most like the thing I love, but it kills me. <laughs> which which coincidentally are like awful. Like I mean, if you t- I mean, oh okay, root beer's good. A lot of people like root beer, but I feel like it's commonly in like the lowest class of like carbonated drinks really i feel like root beer it's been around for ages man i just don't drink carbonated drinks in any way i don't really do it anymore but i feel like it's just like a thing that like never gets talked about because like for a good reason yeah like it's a a niche drink i would have rather had a coca-cola than a root beer any day i feel like most people would or or if you're riley and you're a dr pepper guy you like that cherry taste yeah dr pepper's kind of okay i don't know but um sorry all right so a little sidetrack there but how far did you want to go i mean you really just wanted to talk about the fact that descartes wrote all this shit in an oven huh yeah basically that's pretty fascinating i think i think every time we mention a philosopher it needs to include some wacky wacky anecdote yeah uh i don't think it's 100 percent true though you know what whatever man i know i'm not trying to shatter your foundations here like descartes would but uh what what are we talking about? Plato's cave. Well, um, Plato's cave. Meditations on first philosophy. The fun. The fun. Um, These are easy ones. The fun. Exactly. That's what we're starting from today. Yeah, we should talk about the Nicomachean ethics. All right, we'll go back to Aristotle. Back back to back to Greek. But I, but yeah. I just wanted to give a because I don't think I gave a wacky fact for last week. Um, oh, Plato. Plato. Uh, fucking taught by Socrates, who may or may not be a Jesus figure. Like he may just be an because. He huh. never he never wrote anything down. It's true. He he was basically a homeless dude that was that people revered hated for some reason. Well, 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 he was he was I think he was revered because he just had lived that long. And I think if, like, I think a select few people in you know Athens or whatever are like this guy's a G. I'm hanging with him. That's what I mean. The most of the people few, were pissed because he was corrupt and everybody. But how many like of the population are scholars? Yeah. Like, the the scholars are what you read, you know what I yeah. mean. So they're the ones who are like, "Oh, that's nice," and and everyone hated him so much that they made him kill himself. Yeah, they made him drink hemlock, which they is a poison him to drink a poison. And it was basically like, go. No, what? Why did they make him? Why did why 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 did they make him drink hemlock? They gave him like a choice, right? Like go to or no, it was go to exile or yeah, drink 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 and poison. He, he said that, but I can't exactly remember what the. What the is it's the Fado, right? It's 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 Plato's The Fado's the apology. Fado's. Oh, okay. That's right. So so basically Socrates never wrote any of this shit down. Plato was his little like student. Uh-huh. And all the things that you think Socrates said, Plato, Plato wrote said. And then people decided at some point, uh-huh. like they've they've pinpointed a point where Socrates is still be speaking in Plato's works, but it officially becomes Plato's Plato ideas. Saying it, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the apology is technically Plato because he talks about all these things, but he speaks it through through the, the voice the of Socrates, voice of Socrates and the testimony that he gave and uh-huh. the trial against his life and stuff like that. I always thought that was yeah. weird, but I always thought it was the coolest part. 
with the fact that like in the Greek culture, like just having sex with little boys that like you were teaching was just the thing to do. Well, you think that's cool? No, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's I think it's cool that Socrates was considered weird because he didn't because he want didn't want to fuck everyone around him. Like like little boys were basically yeah. like. Oh, so now that we're in the woods, are we gonna like? Are you gonna, are you you gonna know, have your way uh, with me now? And he was like, fun? "No, no, you fucking weirdo." <laughs> we can share a blanket. <laughs> I mean, it is cold, and we have robes of burlap. What? Is, what's wrong, man? I just heard some thumping, man. I just think my neighbors up there are incredibly loud for no apparent reason. North neighbors to the north. Yeah, my neighbors to the north. The but can, the Canadian that uh. That's kind of funny to me, like, yeah. that they, they... That's, like, my favorite Socrates tidbit, that he didn't have sex with little boys, and people were like, what a fucking weirdo. Yeah, well, it's kind of bizarre, like... But, I mean, 2,500 2, years of, like, you know, time passing, shit, you know, things become taboo, things become the norm. We do weird shit that, like, I'm sure in a thousand years are going to be like, wow, they did that? Wow, they had barbecues out in the backyard? They just fucking roasted stupid. fucking beef? Ew, how do they not fry it with their laser swords? <laughs> how do they cut with these knives? They spend all day cooking. Primitive metal tools. Fuck. They're going to call this the, the industrial age in history. You know what I mean? You know how we, like, we before, look back like the like, Stone Age and the Bronze Age? They're going like, to call this the Robot Age. No, yeah, before holograms and, like, you know, yeah. shit becomes integrated back when we still had devices and, like, shit to lug around and charge. And they're like, oh, fucking weirdo. Wow. They never had, they didn't have endless power, those losers. That phone's cool, but where's your charger, bro? It's going to die. You know what's fucking hours. crazy is that 100 years ago it was 1916. A hundred years ago, it was 1916. A hundred years oh, from 16. now. Oh, 16. I was like, 16. Yeah. A hundred years from now, it'll be 2116. Yeah. And they're going to look back at old photos of us. And I wonder if they're going to look like the same as you see like photos from the 1900s. Like, why are what? these guys smiling like stupid idiots? Dude. Like, why everyone? aren't they pulling their lips above their head like we do? <laughs> <laughs> Something stupid like that. It's a hot thing to do. Like, yeah. That's so funny. Um, or dude, why does everyone look like they like are a zombie resurrected from the dead in nineteen ten? I think like, they were photos. still getting used to how like like photogenics work. Like you know what I mean? Just like well, they did have to stay in one place yeah, like for forever, thirty five so, minutes. So like it probably hurts to smile for forty five minutes. So you just and you hate being there because it takes all goddamn day. You need to get all dressed up and pose with your fucking two bratty kids who fucking who you hate who fucking by the just way. suck serious ass. But guess what? They're the only people you know in a 180 mile radius. And they're going to carry on your fucking legacy. So you oh, better yeah. show them some respect. Mm. That is fucking awesome. They're going to go to school till 9 and then they're going to work for you. Oh, man. I think it would have sucked. Every day is better than the last. Mm-hmm. I feel like People in terms like, of oh, history, dude, life has never been worse. And I'm like, dude, you shit in a toilet. No, yeah, like, you shit in the toilet and sleep in a fucking bed with a heater in it. When you press a lever, your toilet disappears. Your, your waste goes away. It doesn't fucking sit in a corner. You don't have to take it outside. That is so fucking. You don't have to throw it out of a window. You can ask your mom what's for dinner. You can you can pop a fucking Stouffer's in the in the. In you can have a hot pocket, motherfucker. A in hot two minutes. pocket. What a time to be alive when hot pockets are a viable source of oh my god nourishment. They have all the food groups. Yeah, they're perfect. There's the bread category. The bread category, there's, obviously the crust that encases the thing. There's the cheese. Is a hot pocket a calzone? 
No. No? No. What is this a Hot Pockets in a class of its own? It's more of a burrito. Ooh. It's more of a meaty, cheesy burrito. It's a, it's a white burrito. All I know is that every Hot Pocket I've ever had has burnt my mouth on the first bite. Every time. And you're like, oh, it's finally cool. <laughs> That's what you you mean. And even though it ruins the consistency of it, you gotta take a knife to it. Like you just gotta cut it in half and let, let it, it cool, man. Let it congeal. Did you have anything yet that else you wanted to go on with no, Descartes? No, no. I mean, that's just like a filler for the next one we do. We what just, is the next one? No, I'm just saying we like we got it. Like I wanted to. I didn't want <laughs> to th- this segment to go the way of uh, hip hop history, so I just. I was, oh. like, I was just like, ah, Descartes. That's the next logical progression. Bam, because he's like the the, the guy, and like we, a modern philosophy. And, we, like, and, and I wasn't actually that prepared for it. That's, so. See, it's hard. See, that's the thing. It's hard to not. But what I was going to say, I remember like 25 minutes ago, was where Descartes loses me is, I mean, I can, I can see like him doubting everything. I can see him, you know, recognizing himself and identifying that as the foundation for belief. But then when he goes, I have a concept of a god, therefore he must exist. And I was like, okay, now you're giving your your thoughts and ideas way too much power in like the construction of the universe. Well, I thought it was that he he says that there's got to be something. I mean, he he basically has the whole Aristotelian first cla- first cause, right. where he 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 identifies cause and effect, and uh, I guess it's Newton that says equal and opposite reaction for every action. So it's just the whole cause and effect thing, and everything cause is caused by something else. But if you go on a long enough line that's infinite, then something had to start somewhere. What do they say? Nothing comes from nothing. So something has to make something. Well, there's two arguments that he came up with, and the only infinite, pure, like, yeah, all encompassing thing that he can think of is God. All right, bear with me here. I'm gonna get really technical on you. So there's right. two. There's two ideas that he suggests that reject the possibility that God doesn't exist. And he initially starts out by saying that the idea of God is innate within us and innate ideas have always been oh, with us. That's where he loses. Innate ideas. Yeah. Because he just doubted everything and now he's, now he's saying like, that there, no, but there is something. Oh, there's these things that, you know, just exist. Oh, what was that? That was upstairs, huh? That sounded like a firework. It did sound like a firework. But I want to say that his whole basis of innate ideas is based on the f- conclusion that he's come to that he exists. Yeah. So if he's sure, certain that he exists, and he yeah. is because he's the one having these thoughts, then he's can say that then I do have innate ideas that have always been with this self that exists. Let's give it a one of those, I, I think, yeah, this is this is a tough line of reasoning here. Right. One of these things, though, he says is the the idea of God. It's innate and it's placed in us by God, and he rejects the 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 idea that God could be false. And the first argument, it says that, one, something cannot come from nothing. Yep, there you go. Two, the main cause of an idea must have at least as much formal reality as the idea has objective reality. So what he's saying is that this idea comes from just as real a place as the actual idea itself, like the thought that I'm having itself. So basically what he was arguing is that, like, well, no. What he's saying is, is like I have this idea, therefore it must come somewhere. Co- must come from somewhere just as real. Like and I have in, a real idea that in, came from in a real layman's place. terms. Like all things happen for a reason, cause and, and effect. Yeah. Like you know, there's no chaos. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is chaos, but no, I can. There even be chaos, and in, in so far, well, without ca- there has to be balance. If there's chaos, like they, yeah. there, there, one isn't. 
That's what I mean. Like, is anything out of control of God? Like, well, I think his his whole fund his, his whole thing is based on that dualism binary aspect. Like, there's yeah. you know a, a one and a negative one. Like, you know, yeah. but for him, I don't think he arrives at the conclusion that that there's like a there could be a zero like of of just a negative space. Um, but then he says that you know, so he has you know, if all these ideas that he has are real and comes from a real place, then he says like, okay, I have this I, I have this real idea of God. Uh, therefore, this idea comes from a real place, and he can't cause this idea since he's not infinite and perfect, yeah. because his idea supposedly has an an infinite objective reality, which is that's kind of where it's like, okay, what? Yeah, how do you know that this idea isn't just like a chemical imbalance yeah because he already talked about the whole evil or you aren't on mushrooms and he he already talked about the whole evil demon thing and it was like well if you were willing to believe that why are you so willing to like dismiss it now like well he says that only an infinite perfect being could cause an infinite idea like that so god because he's an infinite and perfect being if we're going by what are the three o's omnipotence omnipresence and um what's omniscient omniscience is there four O's? Because I, I feel know. like one of them was all good. Like one of the Omnis was like all good because he's he's all powerful, he's all knowing, all encompassing. But I feel like a lot of people place like, and he's all good, and that's the only way they can like accept. Yeah, but you don't know one way or the other. Like that's kind of hard to say that's either weird. way. Um. So, yeah. So after he kind of decides that God, because God's infinite and you know exists within the infinite reality. Uh, he's so he kind of says that he's an absolutely perfect being. Somehow he comes across across this conclusion, and just by reading this, these two bullet points, I can't seem to see how he would draw this conclusion that just because he has this infinite being that he's thinking of, that that thing must be perfect and good. I think that's what you were just saying too. Yeah, like like why mm-hmm. if, if if it's all encompassing and all powerful, why does it have to be for the greater good? Like, what are you? applying this right good and bad too and if god is perfectly good that means he's benevolent and if he's benevolent he wouldn't deceive you so that you know what i mean it's just a roundabout way of kind of misplacing your faith and then the simple there's a more simple version that goes one i exist two my existence must have a cause three the only possible ultimate causes are myself my always having existed my parents which kind of just goes further down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Something less perfect than God, the evil demon, and then God itself. That's so <clears> weird that he so, just ranks them like that. Yeah. Well, he doesn't kind of rank them. He just says these are all the possibilities. Yeah, like, yeah, that's true. So four is it's not A because if he created his, his self, he would have made himself perfect, right? That yeah. kind of makes sense. Like if yeah. you could make yourself, you'd make yourself as good as possible, right? Yeah. Uh, five says that it's not not the fact that he's always existed because it doesn't solve the problem of God. It doesn't answer where some where God came from. And if again, he's a dependent again, being, again, he again, needs to be continually sustained by another. Again, they keep taking for granted that things have to have a beginning. Yep. He says that it can't be his parents because this leads to an infinite regress. Yep. Again. Uh, he says that it can't be the idea of the idea of perfection that exists in me cannot have originated from a non-perfect being. So he's saying that as if if. But that's the thing. Again, what right. something that's perceived as bad in his mind is not perfect. And this is, this is it just could just semantics. be a misconception. It's like, semantics. Mm-hmm. So many guys made a made a philosophical living off of semantics. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is, is she and I fight all the time and bring up the word semantics because it's like, well, you actually said uh, who this. brings up semantics? Her or you? I think she does more often <laughs> than I do. 
Is I'm, I'm the one who brings up accusing you of just being you're yeah you're, you're, you're splicing hairs right now yeah, like, yeah because it's like well you said to be waiting at five thirty you didn't say to be you know like you know what I mean like being very like autistic and yeah. literal yeah. interpreting everything literally totally covering your own ass basically. I don't even know I think it's just, <laughs> there's just yeah there's just a wild hair that I have that I just sometimes just like I'm feisty and yeah. my way of arguing is just going the totally the semantical linguistic route like. <laughs> Well, you actually said. That doesn't make sense. So from all that, he concludes that God exists, and then he says the fourth meditation is basically about true and false, yeah. which has more to do with God, but that's kind of when he just kind of gets. Again, he loses me because that's yeah. all he talks about after that. Yeah. It's like, oh, it seems like you kind of brought this with you when you were doubting everything, buddy. Again, I, uh, in an oven. In an oven. Yeah, he well sticking with according that. to the urban legend. I think I read somewhere earlier that he said that he published these things in nineteen or sixteen forty one. Now I I guess like that was a fact that we glossed over. A long time ago. Yes, a long fucking time ago. I mean we about. were talking about Plato's cave, which is over two thousand years old, but this I think is what this really speaks to ago. us is just says that this was a long time ago and we're still talking about it. I mean, yeah, that's what I mean. He like he's like so many guys have been in the annals of history. The annals of history because of semantics and because it's been of deep how in the booty hole. So every time you, your girlfriend's like, hey, why are we arguing about this? And I'm like, hey, I could be famous one day. Hey, for it. It's important. <laughs> 400 years from now, they might still be talking about me. Oh, yeah. Why? He was the first one to to use semantics as a useful weapon in arguing in your relationships. <laughs> he pioneered it. He figured out how to make it work. We, we think there were copycats for decades, but he was the first one to write down he was the an original. He wrote down his ways. He wrote the book. He was never. He never won an argument. <laughs> oh man, that's funny, dude. I'm I'm kind of pumped. We talked about some philosophy. That's so, like super so, awesome. So Nick Mocking Ethics uh, preview for next year. Next n- next next time? episode. Nick Mocking Ethics. We'll try to keep it forms. Try to keep it. No, that wasn't forms. Well, you have to explain what forms are in order to start talking about the form of the good and the form of like you know, yeah, the society. Mm-hmm. Because that's when you start talking about, or no, I'm thinking. Of the, I'm me- thinking of the Republic. Yeah, yeah, that's metaphysics more though. Like the Nicomachean ethics was like an ethical code. Nicomachean. Nicomachean is what if I you, like to say. I know it sounds a lot cooler, but I remember like I think Copeland always said Nicomachean. And I was like, that sounds like a like a white kid's name. Nicomachean sounds like fucking Nicomachean Machiavelli, like ma- like Latin almost. Yeah, I like the mock part in yep. it rather than mm-hmm. Nicomachean. Aristotelian ethics. I have that book. I'll bring that one next time. Refers to son Nicomachus. And then we can continue to not look at it like we just did. I have that book too. Well, you might have the one that I had. No, I think uh, I have it somewhere. Mine's just used. I think it's from a sister. Yeah, I remember reading this book and not quite grasping the totality of it. I mean, we can we can look in here too. I, I guess I guess Plato had the forms. That's right. Plato, Plato's Plato was the forms. Plato's was yep. the forms. And Plato had the Republic. That's the thing. I don't know if i agreed more with plato i just feel like i remember plato a lot more i think plato had a a a much wider database to to go from because not only was he writing about socrates he was writing about his shit too but i mean in in this famous picture plato was always writing about concepts and things that you had to really think about whereas aristotle was like pointing at the ground pointing at the earth and science was like, science yeah he started naming stuff like yeah he was like that's a dolphin <laughs> <laughs> that'd be really funny to watch that is 
a dolphin. There's like a crowd. Everyone's hushed. He just walks up with like a scroll. Dolphin! And he walks away. Everyone cheers. He walks, yeah! into, a, to, walks into a baby in a crowd. And points at it and just goes, baby. <laughs> Perfect. We love it. Oh, my God. And then all these reporters rush up to him. Where did you get your ideas? Where did you get the inspiration? Where did you get the inspiration to be so bold and daring? Well. <laughs> he just points at the baby the next week. Ugly. <gasps> Whoa. Is this, is this another word for baby? No, I think he's saying you have an, uh, an aesthetically <laughs> displeasing baby. It does not satisfy the senses. We senses. Ne- we never had it. Yeah, he was the yeah. first. He was the first one to come up with hot or not. Pretty much, dude. He invented Tinder. <laughs> Aristotle basically invented Tinder. Swipe left if you want to know not, what the good is. Do not seek it. That is perverted. fucking funny. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know if you have. Yeah, what's your thing? Have kind of. What you brought? What you brought? So I've been kind of like hearing a whole lot about automation lately. About robots. Basically replacing jobs and shit. Yeah. And one of the big ideas that's kind of come from all this talk is the basic idea of like a or well the the idea of a basic universal income. Yeah. So as jobs get eliminated. More and more people who fall under certain conditions are eligible for money from the government, like just as a monthly, like basically like unemployment, but you know, permanently. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like getting me to like think, like, be socialist. Well, not necessarily socialist, but like my whole point is, is like, how dope would it be to just be like, get a government stipend of. They would it'd be ten K annually is the number that like experts keep arriving at. Yeah. Like how dope would it be to get ten K a year and just not have any like no strings social to responsibility. Like ten grand a year. Well, to simply like spend it on groceries and gas and make sure you yeah. you know, put it back. But if you don't have a job, you got nowhere to go, you know. I mean you gotta feed yourself still. Yeah, like. you can buy hot pockets, bro. Hot pockets are cheap. Two for five bucks. Then you're adding to the frozen food industry. Yeah, but I'm hearing all this talk about automation and replacing jobs with robots, and I'm just wondering, crossing my fingers, kind of hopefully too, like that my job could be replaced by a robot. I would love to get that call one day. The thing is, like, like, do you think? Okay, here's a hot take. Here's a puff past cash. Let's do it. Do you believe? Okay, did you ever see iRobot with Will Smith? Uh, no. Okay, well, it's obviously based on a book, but mm-hmm. like I think this is a, a liberty the movie itself took. Um, all the cars were self-driving, but you still have yeah. the option to drive manually, which is what Will Smith did because mm-hmm. like he like wanted to, you know, it was very clear metaphor for his free will, and he wanted right. to go along for the ride. But a lot of dudes, they would like to their seats would spin backwards, you know, so they would be facing the back seat and they could do stuff while the car took them where they needed to go. And then there's like a uh, it's like a shutdown because like robots are after Will Smith, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's like a, a like an emergency shutdown on the freeway, and the and the cars, the wheels like the four wheels were spheres, so they could go sideways and shit. So like the freeway just just pushed everyone off the freeway, like because they could. Everyone just went sideways, but like instead of having you know a car break down and everyone stops, everyone just. Someone comes out, cleans it up, and is off, 
everyone comes back on. Like, do you think society would ever like trust automation? Fuck yeah! Oh yeah, I think they would in a heartbeat. I think when I was younger, I used to think that like was like all like a heebie-jeebie. Like, oh, the robots are getting smarter. They're getting smarter. Even though nineteen is the nineteen forties before have anything to do with robots. Uh, I never read nineteen eighty four. Okay, but that that kind neither have I. That's why I'm asking. But the whole like idea of just like. It's a dystopia if that's what the future is. Like. Yeah, that's supposed to be like 1984. Yeah. So, but um, I mean, but you, what you were saying, how you used to think that the I whole used to think that was, yeah, like just heebie jeebie, like, oh no, like this is what we have to worry about. The Matrix is a very real possibility. And you're like, no, it's not. Like, we're, we're inventing these things. They can't, they're, they're under our control. Terminator, dude. Skynet. Right. Right. And then I kind of just started like thinking, like, no. If it's a very real possibility that robots could replace your job, I guess it's a very real possibility that they could also fucking stage an uprising of some sort West at World, some point West in the future. World, yeah, man. Spoilers. Yeah, but my, in the meantime, my immediate concern is the uh, the basic universal income. You know what I mean? Like, we can worry about the robot war later and figure out how much I'm going to be making first, you know? And I guess the experts have arrived at 10K. We want to like fund our last few years. To have as much fun as possible yeah, before seriously. before we become robot slaves. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna petition to get more money, or maybe I'll work like a part time job and then take the 10k, like you know, like just get another 10k in there and just you know make, be making 20 grand a year, just doing absolutely jack shit, living like a rich guy. Yeah, fuck yeah, point. it's balling. But uh, but that's the thing, like like how much you make a year only matters as far as what stuff costs. You know what I mean? If everything was cheaper, you wouldn't. You could make. 10k a year and be totally fine you know yeah if rent, and that's, groceries that's all like that stuff was, was cheaper that? so like well yeah so that's so really in the meat and potatoes of it my my questions were if universal income is a legitimate possibility like what does a universal income provide and you you ideally that amount should be whatever amount is necessary to live not lavishly but also not in poverty like yeah. should be whatever amount first, first world living they determined that you know first world living costs and that's where the number 10k comes from that that you know in studies when they try to run numbers and stuff 10k is about the number that it'll cost for people to stay alive you know what i mean and not be fucking freezing out on the streets um so then i was curious like well then if that's a number like how how are these costs like calculated like who determines you know what it what that number is and then on top of that where do these costs come from like what kind of budgets get hacked into to afford to pay well just think about like your monthly because you're not like sometimes you don't do stuff daily but like what's your monthly life like what expenses do you have in your monthly life it's hard to say because some because i do a lot of shit because i can't like that's the thing like i don't think it counts hobbies like that's what I mean, it's though. It's the like, cost of living. It's not so the cost of having a good time. It's also kind of what I'm saying. So, like, I've never really sat down and just looked so at that. I like, wonder. I wonder if, like, in the groceries, like, you know, alcohol isn't like allowed. It's not included. It's, it's not included. Like, yeah. Sweets, like, you know, more more than a candy bar probably isn't included because in the food pyramid, it's not even in the pyramid anymore. It just says it on the side, use sparingly. Don't you know eat I mean? corn dogs, you fat fuck. <laughs> Basically, remember when it used to be at the top of the triangle, and yeah. then they keep like adjusting it, and then now it's like now it's like Alaska and Hawaii in the in the map of the continental United States because they off can't to the side. Well, they can't actually fit it, so they like bring them in on the side. You know, it's like the reporter from out of town, just boom. Yeah. Alaska and Hawaii reporting in because we're in the Gulf of Mexico because that's the only place we fit. <laughs> 
That's awesome. That's um, basically what the what the point of um of the of the sugars are now in our life because we because everything has sugar like our fucking chicken that we buy at the store probably is pumped full of fucking hormones, hormones and, and sugar and yeah. a bunch of stuff that's not good for you but you still consume. That also makes me wonder though, like you know, how do they determine who is and who is ineligible? Like, what are they like? So, could you, if universal, if you basic universal income is a legitimate thing, like you obviously you're still going to be able to work, but it's like your 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 job market's going to be significantly reduced, and the the amount of the the kind of jobs you have available. to like declare like what your field is basically. Right. Because if you're a doctor, like, and there aren't any robot doctors, then you are obviously not going to get some government stipend because you still have a you know, full-time, full-paying job. Well, what they were saying is it's not... And I not have a feeling doctors would not be happy about the fact that a bunch of people are getting money from the government while they're working their, you know... Well, you know what's interesting about that, too, is that it's like that's actually a job that could be automated. I mean, surgery, maybe. But surgery I, I, or checkups? All you have to do is invent a, a fucking machine that runs your blood and scans you. Dude, they have the technology. What like, does a doctor do when you go see him besides three minutes of... All right, looks like you got um yep, he a diagnosis. A diagnosis. Give this to someone else that isn't me. And we when we go to the doctor's office and we get a diagnosis on something, we just assume it's right. Thank you. You've seen those commercials, right? Where like uh like a like a husband walks in and his and his wife asks him like fifteen questions and then like the voiceover is like, We ask millions of questions every day and then they go to a doctor's office, but are we asking the right ones? And the doctor goes, do you have any questions? And they go, no. Nope. You're the fucking doctor. You should be fucking telling me. Like, My knee feels kind of weird. <laughs> I feel like I could be dying, but apparently I'm not. Like, <laughs> You said I was fine, so yeah. any questions? Any concerns? Why not, would I, not anymore. You're the doc- why would I question you? I pay you? You get paid millions of dollars. You're, why would I doubt what you say? You're looking at the charts, and you're not freaking out, so it seems like it's cool. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess I was just, like, really curious about how eligibility for this program is determined. Well, I have a feeling, I mean, like anything, someone's going to find a way to not give it to, you know, poor minorities. And black people. Yeah, I was going to say. Black people get none of this. Once again. You have to be white and American. If you're you're white, you've fallen on hard times. If you're black, you're lazy. If you're Asian, don't worry about it. You're rich already. Dude, that's what's crazy about racism. Like, you can hate, like, you can make jokes about all the races. But whenever people talk about like, oh, they're like a you know a cancer to society, like you know just straight up racist people are. Who like, says that? You're right. I'm probably on <laughs> too much. No one we know. Who but fucking says they're a cancer to society? People don't say that in in the rational world. Like they don't. That's true. But you know what I mean. People say like, oh, this is what's wrong with America today. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I feel like they're never actually talking about Asian people. You know what I mean? When when racists are getting into like know. who they hate, yeah. I have a feeling Asian people get largely a pass. If I had to ask you, who do you think Ted hates more? Dude, who do you think I hate more? Like, uh, <laughs> Are we going there right now? Dude, I've been going to school with Asian kids since I was in like, first grade. Like, I've been a minority my like in education. You're not slamming Asian people on this thing, are you? <laughs> I'm just saying. Are you really? I'm just saying. Wow. It can be a little uppity sometimes. Yeah, man. Hey, we all can, I guess. I guess. Uh, I, uh, I was going to say, though, if you asked Ted who he hated more, Mexican people or Asian people, what do you think he'd say? No, I, th- I feel like he would say, like, can I be, can I slam Asian people? Yeah, go people? ahead, go ahead. Yeah. 
At least Mexicans do something for me once in a while. That's funny. <laughs> Basically? Yeah. That's pretty much it. Well, I think it's because in his lifetime, we were never at war with Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like there's a whole Vietnam there's and Korea, a whole like, generation of people and Japan. Like, and Japan whole, too. Yeah, and, and he was China, young, young, young though. And China was basically another red country that you were growing yeah. up hating. So like, there's four of the big ones right there. I think like we underestimate that a lot. Like, yeah, no, there's an entire said, generation like, grew up of people like that, that we're like, at war with Asian people. Nope. Like Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino. Like that's yeah, it. fucking zipperheads. You're letting Click Clack Ding Dong and Charlie Chan walk off with, uh, what's her name? Yum Yum. I still have never seen this movie. Oh my but, God, dude. You have to watch it. But everyone says it's like the all-time performance of like r- like the first half of the movie is like racist comedy. It makes like, you like root for a fucking racist. Like you are like, he's a racist with a heart of gold. Like he's And eventually just, he has the heart of gold, but I feel like in the first 45 minutes it probably gets pretty, pretty offensive. It's a good movie, dude. You should <laughs> definitely check it out. I'm not one to tell people to check shit out a lot, but Gran Torino's a pretty good movie. Um, so let me ask you this, dude. In in the case of input versus output, does a universal basic income leave any incentive to work? No. You don't think so? Um, I don't see why either. I feel like a lot of people like feel like just fuck it. they don't like you know feel alive as a human in society yeah. unless they're contributing in the way that is labor either manual or clerical or physical or fucking anything you know just, you know, just uh, yeah. something to where someone pats them on the back at the end of the day like good job and they get a page you know in the form of like a paycheck mm-hmm. um yeah I, I feel like a lot of people go crazy when they're at home all day or like they have them, them themselves all day I yeah I I think that's I feel like the whole my like it's a vast minority I mean it might be a growing minority but it's still a minority of people that like think I'd rather just you know chill oh fuck yeah oh my god but I have a like like people are like oh I like chilling on the weekend but like, well I need to go to work you know? one of the things they say that is is that that, that pass the time you know in relation to that though experts. And God knows what the fuck they're experts of, but you know, experts say just quote experts. that it would lead to. Well, see, that's something you need to know. I'm not very smart. I'm just, I just memorize what other people say, so yeah. I sound smart. That's the theme of, yeah, dude. Eighty-five percent of the, my sentences start with. So I, was, I heard. Yeah, I've never original I saw, thoughts. I saw something the other day on my own. If they're original thoughts, they're usually jokes. Usually just for wacky observation. What, what do experts say? What experts, experts say that if there's less, if there's more automation and more jobs are reduced, but we all get a universal basic income that's enough to stay alive, that I guess creativity, productivity, uh, open-mindedness and shit would, would supposedly increase. Like Increase because people yeah. have more free time? They have more free time to focus and not worry but about. But people would call that work. I mean, I guess pe- like you wouldn't call your paycheck your passion you know because people go to work well, for eight hours yeah, no. and then they come home and then like they start making music so you f- are saying they would just be making music or doing art 16 hours a day rather not than all of them but i think by and large you'd have more people who could be more dedicated to those things available you know I mean? to them i think you just would release more tiers of garbage product in that sense like just more shitty musicians would be out because 
uh, minor true, league baseball teams. <laughs> true art and true, you know, beauty and creation, people say, comes from struggle. And if you're getting a ten thousand dollar a year check, suddenly you're, comf- you're not struggling. You're comfy. But a counter argument to that is that if everybody's getting ten grand, nothing really changes. That's what I mean. Like it, right. it, it you, the money you get a year only matters to how much shit costs in the world. Yeah. And if everyone suddenly gets a ten, that yeah. If everyone suddenly gets a ten k upgrade, you're gonna see that trickle down in the price of milk and the price of gas and the price of whatever. right. Right. So think about this. So a I think basic how the first two things I thought of were milk and gas. Like it's nineteen fucking fifty. Like I mean, still, I love milk, and I don't know. I ran Contra. Or what was the gas crisis or whatever when people would like line up for gas? Yeah, like we're hearing about that in history in class. The 70s I can't stuff. even relate. And it was funny because whenever I go show, anywhere, whenever they show the pictures, like the lots are super small because mm-hmm. like they figured There's four 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 people, pumps was enough. Yeah, like whatever. And everyone's driving fucking eighteen foot cars, yep. you know, that, like just big old surfboards. <laughs> so there's really twelve people in line. Not twelve hundred, you know. It's just but but it's backed up like two miles down the fucking road for twelve people, and they're like, "This is taking forever." Yeah. So think about this, dude. A universal basic income theoretically eliminates households living below the poverty line. You get what I'm saying by that? But that's what I mean. If you give, okay, if you give poor people more money, you might do that. If you give everybody well, money, you're not gonna fix poverty. Like there, if I'm understanding the concept correctly, there will be a threshold. It's not. Everybody's not eligible. Okay. Like it's, so you know are I mean? we not giving it to poor people? Well, we, or we're no, not giving it no. to people that don't need it? Is well, what you're no. We're, well, we're Other not side. giving it to people that don't need it, but we're also making determinations as to who really needs it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if you have, like, drug addiction in your past, you're probably not getting it. You're probably it. not getting it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, if you they know. see you like a heavy smoker, maybe even. I don't do know about they, that. Do you think they discriminate against tobacco quite I'm sure like they'd that? find a way to factor in your insurance costs for the year and based on your health and stuff. Like, I think things would get a lot more rigid. Honestly, like, as, un- as unappealing as they made communism sound, this idea sounds a lot like communism. Like, everybody's kind of, everybody within reason is guaranteed a certain... A certain piece of the pie. I always felt like communism was never achieved because true communism is I trade you my fish for your you well, know, that's, doctor skills. You know what I mean? That's a like, different economy. I know, but, but but I just mean like yeah, what I do is exactly is equal call? to what you do, which is exactly equal to what that guy does, which is exactly equal to what that guy does. Well, it's not good. They're not measured by their intrinsic value anymore. They're yeah. measured by, you know, their good or service but um one good and one service is but i feel like all anyone's ever achieved is just socialism like no one's ever gone to full communism unless you're a hippie and you're literally just living on a commune (laughs) i feel like that's true communism you're growing everything you eat everything you take care of your own waste and yeah the cycle repeats yeah, and everybody freezes in the winter. That sounds like a lot of fun. That's why they're all in California. Yeah, but they, they, they say that a universal income, to touch on a point I mentioned earlier, universal basic income also spurs creativity, entrepreneurship, and research. So now you got more people with more time to study things. you got more people with more time to go out and really find their niche. And kind of like in like what we were talking about earlier, like about products, like releasing a hastily made product, not based on customer input, but what you think would be a good product. Mm -hmm. If people had the money to fund themselves and their endeavors better, a lot more of that shit would happen. So you might see that we're getting a lot more products that we need more than we want 
I guess. Does that make sense? Find interesting, is what you're saying? Yeah. Like, more things would be invented that we could actually benefit from than we think are just cool. And, you know, well, here's the latest thing that Apple came out with. Oh, that's great. But, you know, if more people had time to fund their own fucking products, pro- projects and shit, we might get... So, back to automation, instead of everyone just getting cool gadgets and things progressing in a technological sense, you think things would progress in a cultural, like, artistic sense? so to speak and i think of that's me relating past things to each other yeah no i think in a large portion though that 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 would be the case like and the mind and the body no i'm just kidding well i can't do it from descartes right now descartes i'm already over descartes you just you burned him you just threw him in the garbage can and set that shit on fire i put him in the oven oh well true than like emily <laughs> emily goddamn dixon put the preheat on 375 or what yeah. so yeah but um but then again, uh, the disincentivization of productivity and work um, is a major, major risk and a major consequence of giving everybody universal income. Therefore, you kind of make it less appealing to go get a job. Like yeah. if you were just some guy who couldn't find a job and then you qualified for this stuff, then you would be like, well, fuck, I don't need a job. Well, like, Well, don't they say that factors into the definition of unemployment? Like, you, in order to be unemployed, you have to be looking for work Actually and not looking. getting it. Well, that's um, unemployment numbers don't report the number of people that aren't looking for work. Yeah. You know what it I mean? Just fucking just, that's people who are, or I think it's the other way around. I think they they report just everybody who's given up, doesn't, everybody who doesn't have a job. Within a certain parameter, they calculate all the people who don't have a job as reflected in the total number of possible people in a population, and then they derive their percentages. So while 9.5% seems high on the unemployment scale, it could be the case that 6.2% aren't even fucking looking for jobs. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the I, number I always gets thought it was just people looking. No, because that would be a... That would be a, that would be like a perfect statistic, you know what I mean? Like, but I think it, I th- we don't have those. <laughs> no, I don't think we can because I think how do you know without going door to door? That's true. And you asking get, people, you, you get those thousand pool samples to try to guess what three hundred million yeah, people. Yeah, it's thinking. like a variable. Like you can't ask everybody, "Are you looking for work?" Or do you, you know what I mean? You ask them, "Do you have a job?" How, no, how, I know. Many, how many times do you update your resume? Over here? There you go. How many resumes did you send out last month? How many? You know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't calculate the number of people that aren't fucking looking for work or actively looking for work you know you simply look at income taxes and you're like this guy's not he's unemployed he's, he's unemployed anything. he didn't make any money last year he's unemployed he's unemployed like so um yeah um one of the biggest drawbacks to giving a universal basic info income though is that i don't know why i'm having so much trouble saying that yeah you feel like there should be like a UBI. I'm calling it UBI from now on. Is anything else UBI? Isn't there like a speaker that's UBI? Sounds like a disease might be UBI. Like urinary botulism Dude, infection. Dude, I've been farting a lot. I think I might have UBI. Wow. Wow. Uh, uh, w- yeah, one of the biggest problems of a UBI is that a government may be, may be unable to secure funds perpetually. So if... So actually, you know what's really interesting about this is this could go into actually like an economic discussion. Like, would you still have to pay taxes on the money that you are awarded from the government because it's technically income? Uncontrollable butthole irritation. I like it. All right. Um, but that's the point. Like, with the government's giving you money, why would they just ask for it back? Like, unless it was factored into it at the outset. Yeah. 
or so, unless like so you, well, or, or or unless if everyone gets 10k but some people owe more than others then like why would everyone get 10k why wouldn't you just take it out in the first place you know what i mean it's a really good question. I feel like they would be taxed on the front end rather than having to pay. Well, because they're the ones that are giving end. you the money in the first place. Yeah. What if it was just non-taxable outright? Then but I yeah, think a lot less people would work and a lot less people would pay taxes. Flat ten k, bro. I don't know. I don't know why I said bro there, but because you're committed to your economic beliefs, there. I like it. I like that. <laughs> that level not, of commitment. I'm not committed to any kind of belief. So you think a universal income could work? Limited oven over here. Nah. I don't know. Again, man, like that sudden influx of to everyone. I mean, not everyone, but lots of people getting 10K. It's going to drive the price up and then you're going to get more uh, not income inequality, but um, just monetary inequality because the people that aren't getting it have displacement of income pay more. Yeah. Based on that the fact that they're not getting more other people yeah like you said i mean i have i do feel like i'm cynical enough to believe that it would make people just lazy well yeah i mean it just makes much more sense though like i can't imagine that giving getting ten thousand dollars would motivate you to go do more no unless you're just a greedy fuck like, but I, I i do think like people get income from the government in like sweden or in one of those like scandinavian countries well in iceland they did this iceland yeah they, they actually did this for like and a year people from iceland are like smart yeah but it it came out to only be like 582 like euros which is like 590 seven dollars yeah, or something they got a month a month which isn't a fucking lot of money i mean that's enough to go backpacking through fucking countries but it's not enough to like live like the thing is it's kind of funny because i feel like i mean this is just how it feels mm-hmm. i mean i can't know for sure i only lived there for a year but like i also like oh you have you experience know, but i didn't also but i didn't even like you know i wasn't in charge of my own like financial life there you know what i mean right. i didn't I, I didn't get to know i didn't ask other people about their financial lives but the way it's always seemed to me is when europe gets taxed and europe pays taxes like they're cool with it and I feel like they have a little bit more trust in there. Like people hate the UN and people hate the the European Union, but I feel like in their in terms of their country, like they're like, oh, this is my social contract. You know, I'm living here, I'm in this society. Here's my money. I'm not really gonna gripe about it that much. And it's not that much, and they don't care. They, like like they don't seem to be like, oh, it better go to the right place, or why should mm. I have to pay more? And blah blah blah. Like I feel like that's much more of like at a american capitalistic thing of like well why should i have to because i'm blah blah blah. well everyone should be because we're liberty and freedom and blah well they have a lot more amenities it took me a really long time to come up with that but like from them paying more like they pay obviously higher taxes and they pay more taxes on different things but they're kind of they have a little so more socialistic kind of the, yeah, kind life. of a socialistic principle. They have more amenities. And like again, there's people who will fucking you just call up a phone number and people will fucking watch your house for you or babysit your kids. Like that's just, like that's like state provided childcare. Like just like just like we just talked about eighty year olds. How like they have a they probably have grown and been conditioned to not quite trust Asian people. I watched Step Brothers the other day, and you know the part when uh, Will Ferrell's yelling at his stepdad or whatever. And at one point he just goes, you geriatric fuck. <laughs> Every time I see an old person, I keep thinking, you geriatric fuck. <laughs> so, just like 
it would be understandable since we've been to four wars basically with like major Asian countries over the last 80 years that like anyone that's lived through all that might have a distrust towards an Asian culture. However, you know, ignorant and racist it is, you kind of can, you know, understand that the same way we feel about communism and anything socialistic, anything that sounds like it, you know, like just as an American, as, as an American culture, like, well, why are we so fundamentally opposed to it? Because, because it's not it's the al- American way. Because it's always been the opposite, or the op- opposition. You That's know true. what I mean? It's always been some kind of counteracting. It just happened. Like Russia just yeah. happened to be the main superpower once Germany. Like I feel like that's the only reason we hate communism because communism meant Russia, and Russia meant the enemy, the Allies or the Axis or whatever. Well, no, because they weren't the Axis. Not yet. But they were actually on our side in World War Two. The yeah. second World War Two was over, we were like. Oh, uh, we don't trust you guys. We have a giant rival, and they look far away if you go east, but, but if you go really west, right on our like, back. They're right there on Alaska and shit. So yeah. like, it suddenly became like a, oh fuck, and again, I don't think it's because oh they're communists and we bring democracy, democracy, and we work for our and like. I feel like all those things were attributed after the fact. I feel like it was just Russia versus America, and these are the things that we have. Therefore, they're opposites. Huh, that's kind of an interesting way to look at it, I guess. Well, I don't know. So let me tell you two, uh, two Line, lines on a map, dude. Two little, uh, two little stories about a universal basic inf- income that have been implemented in certain parts of the world. Did I ruin your Iceland one already? No, Iceland oh. is the one that most recently tried this. But I took two examples that had a lot of information on them, and one was Alaska in 1982. There was uh, a universal basic income has been implemented under a different name, basically called the permanent fund dividend um that's that's almost harder to say yeah permanent fund dividend fund dividend it was derived from earnings on alaska's permanent fund which is you know i don't know if it was the statewide investment back into the state or people actually investing into the state this was back in 1982 so i don't know you know alaska's still relatively young in its history um but uh whatever whatever this fund earned dividend wise was distributed back to the people as like a stipend and i don't know if they're still doing this or when they stopped doing it but since its inception ten thousand additional jobs have been created so what was really interesting to me about this was is like here's a program that is a universal basic income it's distributing money back out to other people yet it's creating jobs like how what what kind of like a dynamic is that like like it kind of brings me back to the question of like, do, do people, do people get this money and still want to work? Like, like here's an extra 10 grand. Maybe I'll keep my job and just take an extra 10 home, 10 grand home. Like, is that a basic like instinct in in humanity to fucking get more and more chips, you know, or just to produce. Yeah. Serve a function. Um, they say that because of this fund and the distribute, the redistribution of funds that poverty rates dropped 6% from 25 percent um and that was between 1980 and 1990 and only one percent of alaskans report working less because of the fund so there's a percentage of people out there that are like fuck yeah i'm getting money fuck working dog i'm yeah. done i'm quitting this shit totally. and only but that was only one percent so like a mm-hmm. relatively small portion of people like were like mm-hmm. you know what i don't need to do this 99 percent. well maybe not 99 percent, but more than one percent 
the vast majority of people were like, ah, oh, you know, I, I actually want to work more or, you know, I don't mind working so much anymore because I'm getting guaranteed money. Like, um, well, this is Alaska. Imagine in a place where like people have shit to do. You might think it goes a little bit higher, but yeah, you don't know. Exactly. I don't know, man. Like, I mean, you think in Alaska, like there's probably not they'd want to work less. Today. Like, you know what I mean? They'd be like, fuck that dude. Like winter's coming. It's fucking cold. I don't want to step outside in this negative 80 degree below weather shit. Like, I guess. I mean, you can get stir crazy after a while. When you get stir crazy here, you're like, I'm gonna go outside, and they can't go outside there. So like, yeah. like I gotta go to work. I gotta go. I gotta fucking work. I gotta be inside all day. I gotta I do gotta, it. I gotta. I gotta move my arms to keep myself warm. Yeah, but also in Namibia, between 2008 and 2009, the implement, implementation of a program called the Basic Income Grant um, provided uh, every re- resident of a, of a certain village that I'm not gonna pronounce because I don't want to sound ignorant. Um, it gave them a basic a basic monthly income for like a year and a half, and the project was halted. But during the periods that the project was enacted, malnourishment in children decreased forty two from forty two percent down to ten percent. So people like pick their priorities. Like, oh, now I've got this money, I can feed my children. I might as well like get the basics down. Right, All right. It was probably a little bit easier for people because they had this guaranteed money. It's they can immediately could, go to my kids. It's going to immediately go to, like... I can feed my family. I don't have to worry about this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, family, I can take care of my kids now. Like, I can give them the care that they need because I can afford to... You know what I mean? Poverty rates decreased from 86 to 68%, which still seems like a super high number. But you guys remember, it's a country like Namibia that isn't... You know, doesn't have a lot of money to begin with. So even though these one village was getting fucking, you know, income... Who's to say the villages next to them weren't coming in and causing a fucking ruckus for no apparent reason, you know, because these guys are all of a sudden balling out of control. Like, um, uh, finally, crime rates, uh, well, the increase in the average income earned, uh, was beyond the scope of the program. So they had set a number and they had actually exceeded that. Um, and crime, and this is all related to like the, the decreases in, adverse shit like crime rates decreasing and malnourishment rates decreasing like all this allowed people to go out and fucking you know actually do shit that was beneficial to society and making you know income for themselves and whatnot um but i think what kind of struck me when i was doing all this research is that this this it kind of drives like capitalism i guess when you really think about it what a sudden influx of money it can also drive inflation when you just start like well that's kind of like what i mean like like that's what i mean by like you got to make sure that people are going to be putting it back in the economy because otherwise it's just they just hold on to it and they're like i'm richer now no you're not because now everyone has it now everything and that's what i thought like if you give people lessens the the government gives people all this money who's to say they don't just say okay well the the taxes are all going up like to to counteract this like Or prices are going up because of demand or whatever. Like we can't meet demand, so we got to raise prices to, you know. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of holes in this idea. But I've been seeing so much of it lately. I just couldn't resist talking about it. All right. And uh, I did see a cool thing that was an infographic on like mapping the weed genome. It was basically like, remember how we talked about how like, I was like, somebody should make a Prop 64 weed. And you're like, oh, they probably already have. And it's already called this. All you gotta do is name it. And I was just saying like, no, they should like make a fucking unique strain. Well, this dude uh, in Oregon, I think he's, 
started a company that has identified the genetic makeup of certain weeds across the spectrum. So like he's able to link names and types of weed now, like to classify them uniquely on their genetic spectrum. So one day we're going to fucking splice two unspliced, previously unspliced strands of weed and we're going to call it Prop 64 and we're going to be fucking legends, dude. what What you're arguing right now is like, so this guy wrote down, you know how all those like protons and neutrons and electrons and stuff, like, you know how they just been kind of jumbled and we've just been calling them whatever? Well, some guy came up with this table and it's got all these numbers on it. And dude, one day we're just going to boom, iron and helium and we're going to make gold, dude. It's going to be fucking great. Like you're talking alchemy right now. Hell yeah. You're talking weed alchemy. Right weed, now. I'm the weed alchemist, dude. The full metal weed alchemist. That's me. That's me. That is fucking me. To a T. The full weed alchemist. Yeah, man. I just Brotherhood. I want to share the knowledge of weed loving. Dude, do you remember Pokemon Assassin? Yes. Our idea for a guy that doesn't battle, doesn't catch Pokemon, but just has to fucking he kill. ruthlessly murders them. Like the rampaging out of control one. Like, Look. There's got to be a reason for Pokemon Assassin. Dude. And you ever wonder why so many nine-year-old kids are running around conquering the world out in the Pokemon land? It's because all the real threats have been dealt with. By a Pokemon Assassin. By the Pokemon Assassin. The 100-foot Gyarados is out there. He's fucking taking care of them. It's really funny because, yeah, every time you see a Gyarados, you're like, oh, look how friendly it is. The thing's a scary fucking monster. It's a monster. And you have to believe that every now and then a Charizard just wreaks havoc to some it town. blows like, the fucking place up. And it's got to be put the fuck down. And it's By a worthy adversary. Pokemon so Assassin. Pokemon Assassin has to have some skills. It's not just some, like, zoologist coming up with a fucking tranquilizer. No. <laughs> he's a zoologist with an AK-47 <laughs> and a handful of grenades. He's got fucking, he's an Assassin's Creed character. He's got fucking blades in his hands and he's ready <laughs> to take shit out. He's yeah. got he's got thermal grenades and he's got I always explosive. pictured him as uh Agent forty seven from Hitman. Like that was him. Basically it was just Hitman and Pokemon spliced together. Like, your next target is a Gyarados. That fucker's going down. I will fucking kill him. That's awesome. I remember there were like two scenes that I totally wanted to do. It was him like walking out of like a Pokemon Center after it's just been ravaged. Like there's like million there's like they're not millions. There's, like, dozens of dead Pokemon everywhere that he's just, like, got himself in a pickle. Comes out. He's, like, fucking got his knee cut. He's, like, limping his ass, like, outside. And a Charizard just standing there. Gives that little, like, fire breath, like, fucking scream. <laughs> and he's just, like, <laughs> and he's just, like, and then, you know, credits. Credits, yeah. <laughs> it was, like, going into the seagull. I always liked when we... Or the or the Gyarados blowing the up. SSN one when he's actually on the SSN. And then suddenly, like there's a Gyarados like four times the size of the boat. It crashes everything. The I boat have... starts sinking. A helicopter comes in. He's up on the ladder. And he, he just fucking. He grabs it. He throws a grenade like at the at the at the at the mouth. It gets stuck in his teeth, and he's like shit. And then he's got to pull a jaws and like shoot the fucking canister. Makes the makes the or or he throws it all the way down its gullet, and then it blows up halfway into the in the Gyarados, and then just. This like cascading thing going both ways from the middle, just boom, 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 and it just explodes like the Death Star. Just 
pocket. One of those rings. We had way too much time on our hands. Yeah. Pokemon assassins. This is the stuff we thought about when we should have been honing our skills. No, it's the things we should have been writing down instead of going to baseball practice. <laughs> That's true. You could be a fucking hilarious. You could be like Seth Rogen of Pokemon comedy. Yeah, instead we just are just sp- basic dudes. Sp- spun our wheels throwing balls at people. Really, just a bunch of smoking mirrors. But speaking of the Death Star, is that how we're going to end this on a puff pass or cash on Rogue One? I puffed that shit, dude. That was fucking great. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say that I puffed it twice. A, l- a lot of people were like, were like, oh, it's you know, it's, it's boring. Like, like the end sequence doesn't make up for how boring like the beginning was. I was and I'm super like, shocked to hear and I'm some like, people let shit me, on it. Let me guess, like you've yeah. seen New Hope once. You know yeah. what I mean? Like those kind of people are like, oh, I'm familiar with the story, but there were so many like little callbacks and little things. Yeah, dude, do you remember the blue milk? Yes. They showed the blue milk. Like, the blue milk that Aunt Baru is, like, pouring for Luke. And you're yeah. like, why is it blue? Because aliens, dude. And, like, when you're in space, like, milk's blue. Yep. And they had the blue milk again. It was fucking great. It was a bunch of throwbacks. The last 15 minutes of that movie were so epic. Oh, my God. And fucking, you hear uh, the Emperor when someone was like, we have to go after the fleet. And he goes, Lord Vader's got the fleet. Like we Lord just gotta Vader's worry. Got the and you're fleet. like, there's like ten minutes left in this movie. You're not gonna have a whole other Vader sequence. No. And then when he says, "Prepare a boarding party," I, I was, was like, all, oh, I, that's why I started going like this. I started going. I I, 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 I punched Conrad, and he's like, "What?" And I'm like, "Dude, yeah. dude!" And then you see the he white, saw me going like this as he's fucking uh, as he's just destroying those dudes in that one chamber. You can see the next chambers, that all white hallway that like well, is the very first yeah. scene in episode four. That's what like, I was thinking. I was like, okay, this looks like him boarding the fucking rebel ship, but it doesn't look quite like that. No, I was like, and, it, then, and then he opens that gate. I was like, Oh no. And then the pod b- breaks down and you yeah. see that, like, what is it? Like the four, the three, and then the four thrusters that, yep. that you see that like as the, the rebel cruiser, it's the first thing you see when you pan down you or yeah when you pan down in from episode, episode four is like scrawling things yep you pan down and you boom you see oh, that man. ship you see it getting shot at by a star destroyer and, and you see vader come in vader bust right in. he bust right through the door and you see princess leia and stuff like okay so you knew that tarkin and leia were both cgi right of course okay because stephanie of all people when she was like i didn't realize like when i saw tarkin's dead dude when i saw leia's like cgi like i was like oh that's cool and people were like yeah and Bula tarkin she's like what and i'm like how did you not realize that like leia of all people that, main, that wasn't carrie fisher today no 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 i mean she knew that yeah but she didn't realize like i mean i don't know if you just don't recognize that tarkin like look the exact same i'm like oh no, they didn't get another actor like that's tarkin and that's, that's the guy a, that played tarkin died that's a golem face like yeah you know it's like it's like smeagol like that all sunk in it is like yeah. you can see like the random like it like it was good enough cgi to where it like it looked, resembled him it looked like a human but you could tell it wasn't exactly yeah i mean dude but like at first they just showed him in the reflection and i was like oh they're just gonna keep him like you know shrouded in like a thing and then he turns around, and I'm like, oh, shit, Tarkin. And I was like, wow. I was like, first, my first thought was, why does this guy look so familiar? <laughs> but then I realized, I was like, oh, shit, he played a huge role in the fucking first latter one. half. Yeah. And, I, and, and he basically is, uh, 
that looked like a, a Jeff. You ever watched Tron, the the, the updated one? When they redid his him, him? Jeff Bridges, like twenty five year old Jeff Bridges yeah. in that movie, because they made him look super. Like, Tron was young. a trip. That Tron was weird. good, but yeah, Rogue One, man, definitely puffing, puffing, puffing till yeah. the fucking cows come home. I've only seen it once. I plan to see it like three more times before. It goes I might out see theater. it one more time before it's out of theaters, or I might go see it when it's in the dollar theater. I know I can watch it on my fucking TV now, though. That fire that stick, jailbroken fire stick, you bastard. It's so easy to do, dude. You don't make such a big deal out of it. It's so fucking easy. You know what I started watching yesterday? Naruto. <laughs> Naturo. Naturo. No, I saw. I started watching Batman, the animated series. Solid. It still holds up. First episode, like 1992. The first like three episodes, I'm like. I don't know if I ever saw this. The fourth episode is when he like busts into Poison Ivy's like greenhouse, yeah. and I was like, I remember watching I remember this, this shit like eight times. Yeah, and he fights the giant Venus flytrap. Yeah, and he, and he dodges her uh, her her, her crossbow yeah. things, so she ends up killing her own ba- like plant because he's dodging the fuck out of it, dude. It holds up amazingly. Oh yeah, and um, what's his name? Kevin Conroy is the voice of Batman, mm-hmm. and he was the voice of Batman in all the Arkham uh, video games. Yep. Mark Hamill is, you know, Joker, Joker. obviously. He does a really good job with that. People always, like, talk about, like, the whole Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger argument. But, like, real real people people are like, Mark Hamill is the the voice voice of the Joker for me. He's the voice of the Joker. He's so good at it. Like, when when What's-His-Name does that that laugh. Like, when Heath Ledger, like, pulls off that That cackle, (laughs) super high-pitched cackle, he's doing a Mark Hamill impersonation, like. Yeah, well, I mean, Mark Hamill's probably played Joker longer than anybody else. Probably. It was like two decades worth. Yeah. But He's like, still doing it if they make the Arkham games. That show, well, that's what I mean. The show went on for about five years, and the Arkham games spanned about ten. Like, You know my favorite part of playing some Star Wars games was? That any head that had Luke Skywalker in it, Mark Hamill did the voice for it. Maybe not any, but most of them that I played. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Anytime you saw, uh, or, or or even if Luke Skywalker wasn't in that episode, you just see Mark Hamill in like the first two or three. I used games. to play these games, like these Jedi Outcast games that featured this character named Kyle Katarn, and he wasn't like a main canon. I mean, he was a main canon character if you look at the story. Like he's done a lot of shit, but he's not ever ever featured in the movie. He's not allowed to be canon anymore. I guess, yeah. Um, but he was supposed to be like a Jedi who quit being a Jedi, and then his, you know, partner gets killed, so he goes and retrains in the ways of the forest and i love that luke skywalker was voiced by mark hamill because it was just like in the video game yeah it sounds so familiar like sounds exactly like luke you know what's cool um the force unleashed games um like that first level you play as darth vader just Mm -hmm. just destroying wookies like you're just taking out like five in a swipe and then you're like because you're chasing this like force signature and you find this dude living by himself and you fight him and you're like, you're not the strong one. And his little son comes out like little two year old son, like comes out of that, out of the, out of like the, the tent after you kill his dad. And Darth Vader's like, Oh, like he can feel like the force is strong with this little infant. And he's about to like strike it down. And the kid force grabs Vader's, uh, lightsaber like out of his hands but he's just like playing you know what i mean so he's like oh instead like when when he's surrounded by like his imperial like soldiers you know they're like should we kill him sir he just kills all the imperial soldiers and he takes them under his wing and that's yeah. what becomes star killer yep 
his real name, Galen Merrick. Yeah, that was the Galen was the yeah. was the name of 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 uh, Jin's dad, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's a callback to the video games, which are no longer canon. Yeah, but when they still were canon, the Merrick family crest is the rebel symbol. Yeah. So Galen Merrick technically like Star Star Killer in the Force Unleashed two technically founded the Rebel Alliance. They kind of like ma- they made it seem like that in Rogue One though. Like they kind of had I mean, made it seem made like yeah, Galen like, Erso kind of started. Yeah, like, he he sort of made like a He started from the inside, which yeah. is what Star Killer was. He was a pawn of Darth Vader, he was a pawn of the Empire, and yeah. he was like I'm going to break free and, you know, start this thing. Excellent, dude. It was a fucking sick flick. I was definitely impressed. I'm glad that it wasn't it wasn't left open to, you know, no. exploring further. Like Everyone, they thought it was you, a great job. Did you hear the little seven year old in front of us? Uh-huh. The only part I didn't like was when everyone died. <laughs> You're like, no, that's the best part. <laughs> you kind of knew that was coming. You know? Yeah, like, I was like, none of these characters ever showed up in the movie. Like, no. there's no way they could be alive. No, except great. for Vader. It was so great. It was good. I thought it was good. I heard some people like not enjoy it as much, but. They're new. They're movie snobs, not Star Wars snobs. My uh, girlfriend's brother, who's really into Star Wars, was, was he like, was he, he was super into it. He was like, it was so good. I was like, oh, oh, like okay. I was like, the. He's like, what do you think of the last five minutes? I was like, dude, like, because I hate when people like are super into something and then something comes oh, out yeah, like I don't that. Like and they're it. like, oh, that was terrible. It ruined everything. Yeah, that's that's a pain in the ass, but definitely puffed the fuck out of that shit. No, it was good. But uh, yeah, man, I. Uh, I think we're done. I think we touched on everything we got to touch on, and uh, yep. next week we'll uh, yep. try to keep it a little more brief. But you know, yeah, whatever. Sometimes time gets away from you. I mean, okay. we don't have a time limit on these things. No, we don't. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, we don't get kicked off for we shit. We used so. to be stretching like, oh, can we get an hour? Now it's like, can we keep it under two? <laughs> yeah, well, we're one forty right now. One forty-one. Damn. But uh, other than that, I don't know if you got anything you want to sign off with, man. Uh, click it off uh, when I'm still talking, so I can get the last sounds. <laughs>